Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Don Mazzella. Our usually uh, our usual opening seems to be missing today. I'll have I guess our engineer didn't wake up in time. But uh, uh, regardless, this is Small Business Digest Radio. I'm your host Don Mazzella, and we we should have online uh, Matt Spear, Executive Vice President and Enterprise CIO at Regions Bank. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Don, and I am on. Okay. Well, we're going to go right into it. Uh, to, we always start uh, asking all our guests one question, uh, the first question, a little bit about themselves personally before we talk about anything else. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, absolutely, Don. So I appreciate it. And uh, so, you know, kind of in this journey into both technology land as well as fraud that uh, I was a military aviator for a bunch of years. And uh, he got heavily involved with the tech side of uh, military aircraft, and one thing led to another, and uh, found myself running IT at uh, banks. And uh, you know, with that, of course, we've seen over the last decade um, kind of the rise of cyber criminals uh, over time, which the natural progression into looking at it holistically as to what's the impact of cyber on fraud, what are the things that we can do uh, with fraud prevention controls to um, you know, help prevent fraud from occurring in the first place. And um, so I will say it is not a normal career path, I think, that, uh, but at the same time led me to that, this spot. Well, where are you located? Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So great oh. weather down here. And, and uh, you know, being a transplanted northerner that uh, used to live in Cleveland, uh, Ohio, and Buffalo, New York, that uh, it's an incredibly pleasant change. Well, that's good to hear. Well, let's get on to to our subject, which is uh, fraud. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that that um, uh, um, I think it's Sri Lanka uh, just lost a hundred million dollars by some fraudsters. I'm sure we're not talking in that range, but it, it sure woke some of us up. Well, I think absolutely so, and you know, it's um, it is another uh, high profile case that shows some of the same techniques that, um, you know, kind of these sophisticated cyber criminal rings are using where they not only have the technical capability um, to be able to um, gain access to the ability to transfer funds, but also understand the business processes behind it so that they can circumvent them. Uh, Because when you kind of look at that case in particular, that they had all the credentials that they needed, um, and, you know, from a technical standpoint, where they had gotten malware on the central bank of Bangladesh. So it's basically the Fed of Bangladesh. Um, understood where the accounts resided, and then from a timing perspective, understood that there was a high likelihood that um, that people were not going to be monitoring this as it was going it was a weekend in the US and a Friday in, afternoon in Bangladesh and took full advantage of knowing that they had a window of opportunity and um then they also understood how to launder the money as well. Yeah, that was the key part. 
But we're really talking now here in the, um, in the United States, and we're talking about companies. So what I'm going to say now is basically the floor is yours. Tell us um, why you're here and how uh, we, we, small businesses, can uh, help uh, protect ourselves and uh, our, our banks. Yeah, the, um, so one, it's the, the number one thing is that we don't like to see our customers uh, become false victim to fraud. And it certainly has transitioned over the last few years that instead of the cyber criminals and the fraudsters going directly at the bank themselves, because we're doing all kinds of things uh, on the front end to protect as well as um, from transaction monitoring on the back end, looking for anomalies and then trying to shut those down. But they realize that it's much easier to go after, um, you know, the individuals and businesses directly. Uh, and so we've seen, a, you know, just a, a rapid increase in the rise with uh, them tricking business customers into conducting transactions uh, that, are really for fraudulent purposes, but the business doesn't realize it. And so we want to make sure that we raise awareness of the kind of schemes that are out there. Um, and we're, from our standpoint, that you know we're going to do our best to um, help protect small business customers. And we would really like for the small businesses to be aware of you know the kinds of things that they should look for as well to help prevent it from even getting initiated. Um, on their side, uh, because just like any you know anomaly system, it will we, we can't kept you know capture everything and be able to properly identify if something's fraudulent, especially when it's actually originated by the small business. If it looks funny to us and we call and say before we release this wire transfer, um, are you really sure that you want to do it? But the business has been tricked into doing it that they're going to release the funds. And so I think it's just, you know, part of our ongoing education effort with small businesses. Because when we look at, you know, kind of the things that have happened over the years that um, it, uh, that we've seen, uh, you know, kind of a trend in a few different areas that, one, generally what we find is about one in three small businesses um, have had a fraud-related loss um, that was preventable. And, you know, while one in three doesn't sound overly bad, that's actually a pretty high percentage. And the yes. average loss yes. is in the area of about $154,000. So it can be very significant for a small business. And we've actually seen several cases where much higher dollar amounts where the, um, where the small business was tricked into conducting a transaction. Uh, and, you know, it as an example, they get an email um, into the accounts payable clerk that looks like it is from the CEO or, you know, the president of the company directing them to conduct a wire transfer, convincing them that this is for something confidential, not to talk about it. And, well, you know, if you're a, uh, you know, $15 an hour accounts payable clerk and, uh, you know, the boss, the big boss is giving you direction via email uh, to do something. Uh, what you find is a lot of times people fall for that. And um, so, uh, you know, just this constant litany of changing techniques, the fraudsters 
um, are using. And uh, you know, it's well, a, can I can I interrupt you? Give us a yeah, couple of specific. <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. But give us. Uh, um, you're raising my my curiosity. Can you give us a couple of examples of types of frauds that occur? Yep. So the the one uh, that I was just kind of referenced, the technical name that we call this thing is business, business email compromise. And so what happens is that either uh, uh, they masquerade in an email coming from a Gmail account, but make it look like it is coming from the CEO of the business, um, that they already have figured out who are the people in uh, who have the authorization to um, uh, to create money transfers, and they'll say, "I need for you to make a money transfer." Uh, you know, do a, a wire transfer, an ACH transfer, this dollar amount to this account, and the account that it's going to is actually what we call a mule account, meaning that it was set up just to be a way for them to get the funds, the fraudsters to get the funds out. Um, and we've seen, you know probably about a dozen cases since the beginning of this year uh, where that they have received the email, the um, either the accounts payable clerk or even in some cases the CFO of the company has been fooled into doing a wire transfer that's done to a small bank elsewhere in the country that is quickly then in turn turned around and wire transferred off um um, outside of the U.S. And once it leaves the U.S., the chances of getting it back um, are less than about 5%. And mm-hmm. so you'll never get any of those funds back. And um, so we've seen you know, a good dozen cases where customers have been tricked and we could not talk them out of doing the wire transfer um, because it was a wire transfer type that they had never done before or for a significant dollar amount. We did have one customer that it actually the CEO um, or the owner of the company went on a religious mission over to China. The fraudsters knew he was in China, contacted the head of finance at this small company and, you know, masquerading as, as the owner, saying, I found a materials company here to buy in China. And over the course of six days, um, wire transferred out a total of about $7 million. And um, imagine the, the the hallway conversation that happened when uh, the owner got back and they ran into each other in the hallway and said, hey, what did we buy over in China? And the owner looks at him like, what are you talking about? And realized that a third of their annual revenue is out the door. Um, so that happens quite a bit. Hmm. And, you know, another, uh, another um, related scheme is where uh, that – they will attempt to misdirect a payment. We've seen a lot of this in uh, um, in the realtor space, where when um, you know uh, a house is sold, they're getting down to the closing. That there all of a sudden comes from the realtor uh, last minute email um, into the closing agent to change where the funds are need to be transferred, the settlement funds. Um, and you know, if you're uh, you know a, a realtor and you're part of that transaction, and all of a sudden the closing dollars don't come through, yet they're gone. Um, that boy, that can be a big problem. And what we've seen is a lot of these uh, 
where they are gaining access, the fraudsters are gaining access to the email system of the realty company, and then it's pretty easy to send fake emails that way, mm. and they're they're breaking their way in. You know, I would say that there's so much interrelated between um, the frauds like check fraud, uh, you know, where a small business account is replicated. You know, somehow they get their hands on check information. Um, And so much of it is interrelated into uh, the cyber side uh, in that that's a great mechanism for the fraudsters to be able to get huge amounts of data um, about a small business. And the small business has no idea that they're being spied on. And then ultimately they will turn around and leverage that information to do things like set up loans uh, in the name of that small business because, you know, if you're monitoring emails and, and um, or you have malware on there, one of their computers and can figure out the, um, the TIN or the EIN of that business um, about what their annual revenue is, um, well, here in the world of the Internet, we've made it incredibly easy for you to turn around and take that information and get a fraudulent loan. Um, and all of a sudden, that small business is saddled with, uh, they've got creditors calling because there's never been a payment made on that loan, um, you know, because of the, you know, you've got all these online providers like Cabbage and others where you can get the funds in about 48 hours once you're mm-hmm. approved. And so it's a, just a, um, a, an increasing problem. And so there's some things that we recommend that, uh, that's what I. Yeah, that's customer. what I was just about to ask you. Give us some things that we can do to help you and help ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So one, I think that even if you don't have any kind of formal training uh, internally, that there's plenty of um, uh, you know material out there that you can provide to your employees with the uh, the thought of. Well, you know, most of these small businesses have a level of customer service or trying to be helpful, um, that in the back of their mind, they need to be skeptical about every communication that they have um, with someone calling in or receiving an email. And before you take action on those kinds of things, think, is there the potential that this could be fake? And uh, so there's a level of you know, skepticism that you should have. Because we've seen such a big rise in the linkage to cybersecurity issues in this space, Don, that we highly recommend that, um, you know, everybody, when they purchase a PC, you get, uh, you know, um, uh, a level of antivirus software that, you know, comes out with the PC. Generally, it's good for about 90-day free trial and that, you know, the business is asked to, pay for the subscription um and well uh, about a third of them do the rest don't and the uh uh but the minute that you stop with the antivirus also those pcs aren't getting any kind of updates and really are losing any protection mechanism on it so we're big proponents of one both um up-to-date antivirus software on a pc and even more importantly is probably that next step of antivirus software in and of itself is not good enough um, that you really need to include anti-malware software because the vast majority of these cyber crimes are linked to um, either you get a phishing email in and you click on a link and somehow some 
bad stuff gets downloaded on the PC. These malware software um, are much better, the anti-malware software is much better at being able to recognize that and prevent it from ever being able to run locally uh, on the PC. And so we're big proponents making for all of our customers to to make sure that they also install anti-malware um, software as well. Now, um, Matt, 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 let me interrupt you for two two things. First, uh, uh, we're talking with Matt Spear, who's Executive Vice President uh, and en Enterprise CIO at Regions Bank. I want to identify you because you, you've been doing such a great job. And I've got two people who emailed me and said, who is this guy? He's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. I uh, appreciate it, John. Now, now, wait, I have another question for you. Uh, sure. How can people reach your, your bank and your customers? So your, bank and, uh, your bank and you. I've already had two people say, I have to talk to this guy. Oh, okay. Well, um, so the easiest way, uh, i tell you, I'll give you my email uh, address to be able to uh, hand out. You're sure, those, uh, you're sure you're not giving away something that can uh, uh, hurt you? No. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm fine. So if they'd like to reach out, it's uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot Spear, S-P-E-A-R-E, at Regions, which is R-E-G-I-O-N-S dot com. And uh, so I'm certainly, you know, willing to um, either I can answer them directly or I'll get one of my folks to be able to help them out as well. Because, uh, you know, this is this is one that uh, this is an area where it is something that all banks are in it together to try to stop these things. So even if you're not a customer of Regions, we'll do what we can to help you out. Um, you're one of the most articulate people on this subject we've run across in a while. Oh, well, thank you very much. So that's like from the technical side, but let's talk about a couple of things on the, your your internal business process. So one, that, you know, if, if you know, you're creating payments. So, you know, every small business is using some kind of online channel um, to be able to create their payments. And uh, sure, you'll have a, a, you know, a credit card for the company, but, you're generally probably doing a lot of your things in, in online banking space that don't use that same computer that you use to make payments and you know initiate transfers as the one as one that you use for general web surfing. Um, that's we have. That's very probably, interesting. That's yeah, very interesting. Would you repeat that? Something. Yeah, don't use the same PC that you're using for your banking, your business banking online as one that you do for going and surfing the web in general. Try to keep that one just for doing payments, if at all possible. Because we've seen hundreds of cases over the course of the last two years where, you know, it's, understand it's a small business. Somebody's doing the books at home, but it's the same one that the kids use to surf the web. Bad idea. Really, really bad idea. And then it gets infected, and next thing you know, they're out $100,000. Two, that don't put the ability to fulfill payments in the hands of a single employee. So, you know, if you have somebody in your small business that is responsible for doing things like setting up payroll, all those kinds of things, you as the owner, you know, you ought to think about 
using what we call dual authorization, meaning that I have to approve that before that transaction can initiate. Um, because it does a couple of things. It prevents, you know, when when that payables clerk uh, that's responsible for setting up payments got tricked into something, there's no second set of eyes. Um, and it also has, when you have the rogue bookkeeper, it you know, also allows for there to be a level of second checking on that. I highly recommend that you use that dual authorization. Um, and then you need to monitor your business credit just like you would for your personal credit. And so there's plenty of services out there that you can leverage just like, and of course, you know, one of these personal credit monitoring services that can look for anything that might be opened up in the name of your business or, you know, versus your TIN slash EIN. And highly recommend doing that because nothing could be more that devastating to a small business to all of a sudden find out that, you know, they have annual revenues of $200,000 and maybe a profit margin of thirty or 40000 and all of a sudden they're on the hook for a loan that they didn't take out for a million dollars. And it wow. has happened plenty of times. And so monitor your your business credit just like you would your personal side. And then the last thing is on the physical side. You know, I think everybody got shredders at at home at some point, and we all got better at, hey, when I get these bank statements in and the, those kinds of things that, you know, I probably don't want this sitting in the garbage and shredding. Um, however, the amount of paper that most small businesses have that have incredibly sensitive information on it that could be leveraged to conduct fraud against them, um, I tell you, the fraudsters, they are, they're ingenious, They'll come at you with every method uh, known, and they are not beyond, you know, going and emptying bags out of a trash, common trash dumpster, looking for information that they could use against you. So, shred, 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 um, and uh, you know, I actually probably shred way more uh, at home than I ever need to. But it's the same thing for a small business. Take that extra level of caution. It's really been terrific listening to you. Let me ask you uh, one one final question. If you had one thing to say to, to people to to really prevent uh, fraud, what would it be? Well, it is us. It is our behavior as humans. And so it goes back to that kind of initial thought around be skeptical. You can still have great customer service, but be skeptical. And before you take action, pause and think about what's the impact of the transaction you're about ready to make if it was fake. And what's, what, you know, what else might I check to make sure that it's not fraudulent? Well, that's really great advice. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know, judging from the emails I'm getting, our audience is really glad that you came. Well, uh, and, glad and to be able to participate. Um, come again. Uh, I have one more which just came across my desk. Uh, uh, actually, reminded me if if you got one more minute. Uh, Absolutely, it, I do. It seems um, I've noticed uh, uh, over the past two weeks that I'm getting an awful lot of. For instance, I got uh, one that said. Uh, um uh here here's your uh, inv uh here's your invoice number 
dot 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 uh please verify um I, uh, has an american name on it etc but when i go and check on it seems are we into a period where it's just expanding or i just happen to be on a list that um uh that uh, started to get hot uh, today yeah uh, yeah, I would say while we're just seeing general increases in the fraudulent attempts, um, I would not say it's a significant spike, but, you know, it's that slow and steady growth and that the fraudsters, they'll, you know, go and purchase a list of email addresses and then they'll spam the heck out of them with, mm. you know, technique number one. Six months later, they'll come back with technique number two and... So, you know, they're going to keep going. If you think about it, if I send out a million spam e or phishing emails and I get 1% to uh, um, to fall for it and I manage to get $30,000 worth of fraud on those that fell for it, that, you know, I'm going to make three-plus million dollars just in that one attempt. Hmm. So it is well worth the effort. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm looking at one now that just came across my desk. Lee Case is the name, and then it says forward order number eleven nine zero zero six. You know, it's just uh, interesting, um, uh, and I know it's not how we put our orders on or anything like that. So it's fascinating, and, you, and you're coming at just the right time to tell us that uh, things are really. Um, uh, necessary for us all to be a little bit more cautious in what we do. Yep, absolutely. Because unfortunately, we as humans, we're the winning clink in the whole process. The technology is <laughs> pretty good, um, and uh, but we continue to fall for stuff because I think we're all busy, all in a hurry. Um, and you know, for the small business owner, you're trying to make a living, and so you don't think of wow. You know, while this seems that maybe this is legitimate, let me stop before I do anything with it to really understand if it is. Hmm. Matt, come back again. Tell us more uh, happy to in do the so. near future. Have a nice day, and thank you and Regions Bank for sending you. Oh, thanks, absolutely. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actual advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can 
subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.